I was in my atlas. I was in Tikhonov City in my lance, making a push towards the capital, and it was pouring rain. I mean, it was coming down in sheets, but I still was moving at top speed through the streets, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I see a Chesterton Reserve's urban mech coming straight at me, riding its jump jets and lighting me up with everything it had. It was so close I didn't have time to react. It slammed right into the front glass of my mech, totally obscuring my view. Uh, that's when I was really glad that I had tri-line wiper blades. Their multi-blade design removed that grimy smudge just as fast as they cleared the driving rain. Tri-line wiper blades. See your way clear. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast 132. My name is Phil and I'm your host. Today is April 8th, 2015 and I'm joined by Darren and today's co-host, Brennan Tyler. What's going on, Darren? How are you? I am doing well. I've got my big old mug of coffee and I'm ready to talk. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, I don't have any coffee. I, I, Bummer I've got you. water. Yeah, it's sad day. Sad panic. I've got water too. All right. Uh, what's going on, uh, Brennan? How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How's work? Uh, busy. Very busy. Making that money. Making lots of money, but... Earn them C-bills. Yeah. Life. Earn, earn them that space money. Life versus sinking, yeah, money, yeah. All right, uh, speaking of which, Tyler, how you doing, man? How's uh, how's civilian life treating you? That's great. Going great. We were just talking about it. If, if you don't know, he was up rather late last night trying to get a thousand damage match with an urban mech. Oh, is that what you were up for? Dude, I was streaming MWO. It was like 4.30 when I signed off, and you were still going. And I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll just host him. I have no idea what he's doing up this late. So that that's what you were doing? Yeah, I was just crushing it in the urban mech, but not enough to get 1,000 damage. Or I, I would like to prefer to think that I was being too efficient with my kills and <laughs> not spraying the damage enough to get 1,000. I was going to say, uh, nice. you know urban mech and that's actually one of the first discussion topics is uh yesterday's yes, is. patch and obviously you know we we haven't done a podcast uh, a real podcast and it's been a few weeks uh one of the things we don't want to just sort of beat the dead horse right something new has to come out and stuff like that so anyway speaking of which urban mech just came out uh yesterday now is it the hype that it deserved is it is it the mech that you know we all wanted adored uh so first thoughts is the mech viable at all as a 30-ton light mech? Well, I'm wondering what key did you guys all bind your Death Blossom to? Because I can't get it to work. It, it's it's an inner power. It's like when you when you need it, you're... You it's know, a mental thing? Yeah, okay. that's, that's what it is. It's like this inner thing that'll come out. But no, really, I mean, is 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 it a 30-ton mech in the game? Is it is it a viable mech? Uh, Tyler, did you, you... Obviously, you were playing it quite a bit yesterday. The The sad truth is... Yes, it is a viable mech. Maybe not for competition, but for the opens, it is quite strong, actually. Well, one of the variants, as long as you don't use ballistic weapons, you have to only use energy on it. But yeah, it's strong. It's possibly the best light-popping mech in the game because of that high-mounted left arm with energy weapons and jump jets. The Raven 4X can do it, all the other, but all the other mechs do it with low-mounted weapons. It's better than any of the clan light mechs by quite a bit. It's a little bit more fragile, but you don't need to bring the XL engine. The standard engine's only a couple more tons. So, yeah, the urban mech is actually a good. So, thing. I want to know what mech chassis was your preference and what was your loadout? Will you tell us? Uh, yeah, sure. The The best urban mechs are the, it thinks the 60L. It's the one with the L at the end. It's the one with the AC20 quirks, but don't put the AC20 on it. The the best weapons you can put on it are four medium pulse lasers, a large pulse laser and four medium or three medium lasers, or a large laser and three medium lasers. Those are the best builds, and you can get a lot of work done with them. I was throwing up six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred damage games all last night. Now, Thanks, question dude. with that: Do you find the three sixty eight advantageous? Actually, yes, far more than I thought it would. I thought it was just going to be kind of a gimmick at first, but it actually lets you basically engage and possibly more importantly shield from any direction that you're moving. So as long as you have a good grasp on where your legs are, it's actually way more advantageous than I thought it would be. 
And I would like to see another mech in the game with it now. I, you know, I'm I'm gonna go against the grain. I actually didn't mind it in that mech, but I just I feel like it's a slippery slope. It's like adding a free KPH to mechs, like extra speed for no other reason, just just because. I just feel like 360. We saw and we know how powerful it is. We've we've had it in other games as well. I just I don't like the precedent. I don't know. It's just me. But uh, no, I was actually surprised. I hopped into it uh, yesterday. I was gonna. I told people I'd, I'd run it at the end of the stream, and I played. And I found that. Um, let's see the R sixty. I ran an AC two and one and three mediums, or on the other one I did two large poles. But then I was looking at the R sixty L, and it's the best energy for energy. It also has uh, was it negative fifteen heat gen, and like uh, plus fifteen range or something to that effect, and. So you don't take the AC twenty. It's just it, you just can't do it realistically and be viable because you're just going to die if you're if you're running a big uh, ballistic weapon. One, you just don't have enough tonnage to really do supplemental weapons or and or ammo. And then another elephant in the room is the XL eighty one eighty. You have to take three heat sinks. It's just like the Locust. So if you do double heat sinks and you take a big ballistic, you don't have enough crit slots for Pharaoh as well so again you only have indo so um i don't know i was enjoying it it was fun i was going on my irby kills i would i would say probably one of the biggest things for me was just its size did you did you notice that just no one would see you or you could run up and get away from stuff just because you're so small i feel like that was actually pretty big for me surviving in it yeah that's another huge part is it's difficult for people to get a beat on you when you're just a tiny little thing popping. They they got the scaling pretty much right on it, which is a relief to see. That happens every once in a while. Uh, but yes, absolutely. I was able to get so many shots off without return fire. It, and that's just how the urban mech works. It's great. It's it's like the feeling that uh, when the, the Blackjack first came out, it was a much smaller mech than anybody had seen for its weights, their weight class. And it was able to just trade kind of unopposed every once in a while because of the size urban mech is even more so i just basically even call the urban mech a smaller blackjack and uh one more thing about the the builds the four machine gun and two large laser r60 variant is actually good as well i'd imagine pretty fun yeah brandon were you out there doing any 360 torso twisting i only was playing the stock urban i have a build plan for it but i haven't actually put it into effect yet so all right so um again i actually liked it um there are a few things i need to get the basics done obviously get the elites done but uh i don't know there there's it my frustration at the very beginning yesterday was the fact of everyone was running around in stock builds and like oh it's funny 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 but the reality of it is like that leaves whoever else was on your team to basically uber carry. And when you drop against, for instance, we dropped against a nine man SGR group yesterday, a nine man SGR group. And there we had people just, you know, joking around and running around on these. What do you think the results going to be? Right. So that, I guess that was the most frustrating thing. It's like, yeah, it's, it's funny or whatever, but when is that sort of go away and people actually take them serious and, and what do they do with them? So it'll be interesting seeing uh, if they are used, uh, you know, a month from now, two months from now. And, you know, what makes them viable is the size, is the 360 torso twist. And then obviously quirks and survivability is its big thing. But uh, anyway, so you guys like Darren did. Yeah. Yeah. Nay. You, you, are you a fan? No. I'm not a good light pilot. So the, the, the gimmicky aspect, I don't like using that word, whatever the, the torso twisting's fun. The, the 360, it's a fun little mech, but I just am not good enough as a light pilot, I think to make it feasible for my setups. Another thing I'll point out, uh, Tyler, I don't know if you noticed this, but peeking around and over corners and everything was actually really easy to do, especially with the left mounted, uh, energy or right mounted. It was just, you poked out a little bit, bloop fire and you just you know reverse and a lot of people i think just took it for granted of oh yeah you don't have to kill them they're not going to do a whole lot of damage and the next thing you know you're throwing up six eight hundred damage i want to see irby events i want to see you know like irby free-for-alls and you know I, I think there's a lot of fun things that can be done with it but i'm now that tyler has spoken about its actual effectiveness i'm more curious to see it be used yeah, like I said, I don't know if it's going to be used in competition, really, because the, the Firestarter and Raven still are out there and have more significant quirks. But it is a viable mech, which is not what I was expecting. 
And I think the most important thing to take away, perhaps, is that it's better than any of the clan light mechs, considerably so. A little bit more fragile, but better than them. They go about the same speed, though, 106. Yeah, but the urban mech has a bunch of good things going for it that the clan's light mechs don't have. It's got, well, first of all, it's got pretty good positive quirks. It's got the high-mounted energy hardpoints. Its size is correct. That is one of the biggest things. They got the size right. The Adder and Kit Fox are humongous for their weight. So it's it's got a lot going for it. It's considerably better than the clan light mechs, which yeah, have be- low how low-mounted hardpoints and some other drawbacks. Is that a compliment to the urban mech or a plea for better clan light mechs? I think both. both. I think both. I mean, he's right. I mean, to be able to... I think the size just comes from how easy or hard is it to hold your reticle onto an enemy target and keep it there and be able to pinpoint... I mean, obviously, the smaller the target is, the harder it's going to be, especially when it's moving at speed. I mean, and that is one of the biggest detractors of the Adder and Kitbox. Miss Lynx doesn't suffer from that. Miss Lynx got scaled properly. Uh, obviously urban mech and stuff like that as well but uh, that is a, a big and what what do you have to do to make up for that you have to either make it tank like a medium uh if not more especially a light because it's not you know anyways yeah i i, t- I totally get you we we've <laughs> we've we've talked about that one before uh new map emerald taiga is that taiga 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 yeah, something like that taiga what um so have you had, has anybody had any drops? I haven't been able to drop on it yet, except for I know what it looks like. Yeah, I've done a lot of exploring, haven't dropped on it in a uh, CW match yet. All right, so I don't think any of us have played on it. But what are you guys' opinions just of the aesthetics? Now you can hop in your training grounds and, and run through this, by the way. I don't know if some of the viewers out there or listeners, uh, you can actually do that training grounds, drop in any of the community warfare maps. So... What do you guys thought? I, I guess maybe not gameplay, but do you have any maybe implications or ideas or theories or do you like the aesthetics? Well, I think one of the things that popped out right away was color. And there was a lot of people that enjoyed that. And there was a lot of references to Forest Colony and wish it looked like that and, you know, so forth. So I think in the artistic palette, it went in the right direction. Um, the design looks good to me as far as the layout and so forth. But yeah, until I play it and see how other people are playing it, I can't really make a you know an educated response to that. Now it is a map with, that only has two entrances as well, uh, two gates. That's mm-hmm. you know. So, anyways, I guess we'll have to you know touch back on this. Um, I was uh, excited just because I was like, oh, it's colors. I remember when Forest Colony was bright before you know all that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to what happens to some of the older maps getting updated, and we actually we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. But uh, let's well, go ahead. And... T- hold on, before we move on, Tyler, you've got a look at it. I'm assuming you've gotten into the uh, testing grounds. No, I haven't actually. Unfortunately, my okay. time was taken up with Urban Mech yesterday. <laughs> I'll be I'll be trying to get into it today, though. All right. Well, maybe next podcast we can all discuss playing on it. But uh, but yeah, from I the videos, to... uh, No Guts No Galaxies put out the from yeah. the overhead views, the flyovers, and then the weekend updates as well. The map looks beautiful, so I'm excited to drop in it. Cool. Gotcha. Okay, we'll touch on that next week. I think that's appropriate. Or. or you know, in two weeks or so. But uh, let's go and talk about a new feature that I think is actually sort of a... I don't I don't think enough uh, sort of time was put on to how big and important this is. And it's the looking for group feature. Um, obviously, I sort of showcased this yesterday during the stream. But one of the things I think this does is it opens the door for just... I don't Obviously, people find groups, no shit. I mean, but my point being is, like, how important that is. Like, I, I just don't think it's been sort of lifted up there and shown how much of a community impact this can have. Yeah, the feedback so far has been incredibly positive. Um, people are super happy. I completely agree. This game is meant, to, I mean, you, of course, you can play solo, but this, in my opinion, meant to be played as a team, not just in every way in my opinion playing with a group is better and now that there's in-game voice and i just think it's everything's going in the right direction for bringing people together um dropping together more organized gameplay i love it so i guess i do have one thing of feedback i think it'd be really cool if we could name our groups and the reason i say that is like hey new players you know or something like that or you know looking for you know whatever um now obviously 
you have to be careful because it can be abused. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that would be really cool. And ultimately, one of the issues I see with the, the not even the looking for group is the chat system is this hindrance of you have to open up the chat, your your social window, and then you have to close it to go back in the mech lab. I, I just feel like this is a huge thing sort of blocking ease of use and sort of functionality. I mean, do you guys agree? If that, is it as annoying to, to me? Is it everybody else? Sure. I mean, I think that's an easy call. Would would everybody prefer to be able to click in and out of it without having to, you know, yes. Uh, hopefully with the new UI, new mech lab, that's something that's addressed. I want to, I do want to touch uh, on what you're saying as far, as far as being able to name your groups. I think that's a great uh, idea. Um, I've seen other games use it like World of Tanks or whatever, and it allowed people basically to recruit almost like, hey, this is my unit. We're recruiting. Come play with us and see if you like us. It's a great way to do something like that. So I'm all for that as well. You know, seeing something like this, I just feel that almost having uh, uh, not a lobby per se, but almost, uh, you know, like in other games, Eve or anything where it has like a general chat where everybody's in or something like that. I just feel like that would sort of bridge the gap to, uh, again, just another set of tool. But the, the biggest thing right now is having to open up that window and then you can't do anything in the Mac lab or you can't do this. It's just, I feel like that definitely needs to be fixed. Hopefully you are to, you know, 2.15, whatever it is, that'll, <laughs> that'll solve whatever it is, whatever the number is going to be. But, 2.876. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to start, uh, potentially, uh, using the looking for group. Obviously, um, it, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it, someone's looking for group you just want to pick them up you don't know i guess another issue is like maybe you don't know their skill level and the only reason i bring that up is like if you took someone like tyler who's running a group and he's just randomly inviting people next thing you know they're going up against top tier players and maybe they just started the game and it's like uh i guess that would be uh uh, uh it, it you know it is what it is i guess you know but uh the lobby needs to be what is it brandon the uh the the bar in solaris is it bahala uh there's a couple it's birds on Solaris. <laughs> well, the one where the the winners get their own tables and shit. Yeah, it's Valhalla. Valhalla. Yeah. yeah. So that's the name of the, that's what the name of the lobby should be. You can Is all hang right? out in Valhalla. All right. So we were just talking about uh, community warfare maps in uh, t- testing grounds. Um, how do you? I mean, Tyler, I know we've talked about this before. How much of a desire is it to have test uh, the community warfare maps in private matches? I mean, I. <laughs> Is that is that something people want? I'm assuming, right? And say huge. Yeah, it'd be great to have them in private matches. Absolutely, been asking for that since the beginning, just for mostly competition purposes. But it'd be yeah, that'd be great. No working out tactics. Yeah, working out tactics, and hopefully, like options to add more or less turrets and add more or less health to the generators and stuff like that. That'd be great. All right, Russ, if you're listening, make it so. Add NPCs. Do it now. All right, now on to, obviously, I, what I think is the second most, well, third most important. So Arbor, Irby looking for group and then the quirk updates. Now, um, I actually wasn't surprised. I think a lot of people um, reacted sort of like how I thought it you know, would be. Obviously, you know, I know a lot of what's coming down the, the pipeline. I talk to Mike on a daily basis about that, get feedback. Um, but you saw a little bit. Well, the last pass you saw with the clan mechs and then what you just saw right now updated a few those uh, stuff like adder uh, heat gen instead of the cooldown stuff like that. But um, overall thoughts um, out there, I read were pretty positive. Everyone liked them. Um, I saw a few people complaining about the uh, the set of eight really wasn't a big enough incentive to take. Um, even though I might agree with the statement, there the percent values were small. I also want to point out that as you as an experienced player the whole fun of the Omnimax is moving around the Omnipods. Those set of eight quirks really aren't going to apply to you. They're going to apply to a new person or a person who's taken a stock mech who is going to be new. So just think about that too. It doesn't always have to revolve around you, the experienced player or min-maxer. It may just be a system that's in place to help someone uh, who uh, you know is new to the game. So just think about that too in that context. But anyways, I want to get your guys' opinions on the quirk changes. Uh, approve, disapprove, like, nitpick, what? I personally don't have any, um, you know, personal feelings about any of the specific quirks. What I'm kind of going by is just I've been reading Reddit and the forums and seeing what people feel about them. And with every quirk pass, of course, you got people that get ticked off because whatever their favorite Mac, their favorite loadout is affected in a way that they don't like. But I think you're right in that 
in general, the feedback for this update has been pretty positive. So I think that's good. Moving in the right direction. I'd, I'd rather, rather have say, small numbers than big numbers. Go ahead. Sorry, Brent. Well, yeah, uh, definitely increasing by small numbers is really good. I think overall the changes were good. I just want to say, though, finally a reason to change out leg Omnipods. Is, thank God that finally came around. Yeah, and I think it's easy when you see it up on that sort of spreadsheet of the differences of being able to, okay, if I take this leg, I don't have this much structure because it gets the bonus XL or DXL. But if I take this torso and it has this, so you'll notice all the different min-maxing capabilities. And um, that was that was one of the things that I thought was pretty key is, uh, you know, looking at the mechs, the clan mechs, you can, you can tell what people are going to do with them if you do this. Because once you apply a quirk, it applies to the entire mech as far as like a weapon quirk or something like that. Um, so, you know, um, did you guys not agree with anything or did you really like something, Tyler? I mean, I'm assuming you've looked at them all, haven't you? Yeah, I've looked at them and nothing uh, comes out and strikes me as being overly powered, which is good. It's It looks like a pretty balanced pass. So, you know, speaking of which quirks, what are some things that you want to, I mean, would you change anything? Uh, obviously right now, uh, with the Stormcrow, Timberwolf, and Direwolf being the dominant and the Hellbringer, let's just be honest. Um, what would you do? Would you nerf some of them? Would you change them up? I mean, for ultimate balance? Um, no, I don't know. I'm not too keen on the the over-nerfing of things. I, I understand that, yes, of course, these mechs are outperforming all the other mechs in their weight class in the game. Uh, but I don't know. I like, I like there to be power in these mechs, but... I, I've enjoyed mechs coming up to them so much, but I think we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, mech's power level coming up. But yes, these mech's power level does need to come down. It's just wherever PGI wants to have the, the base balance of the game. We'll see. As for nerfing and stuff like that, though, I've never been a fan of overly nerfing OP units, but rather bringing underperforming units up to the standards of the quote-unquote OP mechs, or in, in any game that I play. Um, so that's that's why I'm kind of liking these quirks, especially where they're going in small amounts. You can start to see which direction things are going, and you don't have to worry about quirking things way too far um, to the point where they might actually break. Well, see, this, this is where I would, I would counter everything, is because... I agree there's different ways, you know, to skin skin this, you know, that the problem, if you will, but isn't everything time to kill? I mean, raising everything, yeah, okay, so they'll be performing as well as a Timberwolf, but the Timberwolf and, and Stormcrow, they're they're the reasons why time to kill is low, or one of the reasons, but also how quick they move, how agile. To me it just seems like it's just it's adding to the fact of time to kill is still gonna be uber low. Um, we also have mechs are just moving at ridiculous speeds. I'm not just saying actual physically their speed. I'm saying their movement, torso twist, excel, all this, blah, 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 across the board. If you just make them equally to the Timberwolf or Stormcrow, you're not adding to the, you're just making everything else just as ridiculous, you know? Does that mean, is that a problem with those particular mechs or rather the mechanic that's used to determine that sort of stuff is the question. I agree. That That's what I'm saying is like at the heart, uh, when you have mechs that, I think I was talking about this last time, when you have a 75-ton Timberwolf and a 75-ton Orion with the current system underneath, which is those base values, the Timberwolf is getting everything and the, you, you just can't do it. So, I mean, that to me, it's like, yes, I agree, Tyler, where, you know, bring them up. You don't want to just nerf the bat, the, the Timberwolf or Stormcrow or whatever, right? Because then, you know, are you fixing the problem or are you just doing a Band-Aid, right? I mean, that's really... The, the thinking there every time we bring up time to kill and the speed of the game is kind of where i depart from a, a lot of people and i don't think that speed is a bad thing i am totally fine with the mechs moving at the speeds that they are the timberwolf stormcrow all that i like the faster pace of the game i like the maneuverability if your mechs are slower that means they spend more time in the open which means people are more likely to just sit behind hills and hill hump rather than actually get out there and take the open field I'm totally fine with that, nor do I think time to kill is too low. It's it's making mistakes. You should pay for them. And you can make mistakes, multiple mistakes during a match, and still come out of it okay. That's another th one of the things I like about Mech Warrior, is that you can give up some of your armor to make a mistake or to do some scouting. So 
I have no time, no problem with the time to kill in the game as it stands, even right now with all the mechs being super quirked. It's just you gotta you gotta play smart. You you are a huge mech with tons of armor, literally tons of armor, but you also are going to take damage from the the other mechs that are out there, especially when you expose yourself to multiple at a time. So I have no problem with the state of the game actually as it is right now. Well, speaking of time to kill, that segues us into the next topic, which is uh, G-Man recently posted an article on Metamex uh, titled Every Mech Should Be Like the Urban Mech. And he was talking about his experience taking out the Urban Mech, which was, he said, my first game in it, <clears throat> I used the standard 60 engine. It was horrible, slow, sluggish, weak, squishy, a total joke. And I want every mech to copy it. It feels larger, more imposing, and just more titanic than any other mech I've played, even the Direwolf. Your torso doesn't twist fast enough to keep up with your mouse, and even your arms take a while to react. You feel like you're in a massive war machine stomping through the waste, and there's more. He talks about how, obviously, this is going to be controversial, and maybe, you know, people like yourself, Jaeger, and I, and I kind of think this is probably true, in the competitive scene are would mostly be against this, but I, I think it's an interesting topic. It touches on something that Phil brings up a lot, which is time to kill, which I think you guys are both have differing opinions but also just the whole idea of essentially giant stompy robots and i don't i don't know i think it's an interesting topic on some in some cases i agree with them and some i feel like it might not work it seems like most games these days cater towards more a little bit more towards a twitchy audience and and faster speeds for example feel like we've been playing uh world of warships obviously sped up significantly most of the games we play are sped up even the infantry games you know, for the most part, people run faster than humans would be able to, and for longer. Well, so what do you here, guys think? Here's here's my counter to all that, and like I, I get where you're coming from, Tyler. Like I, you know, like I said, I conceded that one time. You said, you know, when you break it down to one or two max or three, you know, four max is time to kill too low. Maybe not, but the reality of it is, the game isn't about four max. It's about twenty four max and twelve on each time. And my issue is is again the treatment of one mech that's clearly not equal because of the system behind the scenes to another and because it's base technology clan tech and stuff i mean really that's what we're talking about is balance in general my main thing with that is that there, there's there's nothing wrong with saying physically we want to set a standard that means that the this this mech will move x acceleration and have why deacceleration have this torso twist and have this reverse and this and blah 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 and then use those to help balance the mechs and slow the game down in time to kill i i would disagree i'm not happy with time to kill um and this is why i sort of i don't agree it's because you as a comp player will adjust no matter what and as you move up in this game time to kill does decrease as your skill goes up time to kill does decrease and but there's a few reasons for that it's because the current state of how we min max the mechs we can get around uh, he, uh you know ghost heat with uh you know how we set up our mechs we can get uber high heat capacity on our timberwolves and stormcrows why because the base technology there plus heat cap for double heat sinks plus because i have a large engine plus I, it just goes on and on and on so I guess what I'm saying is we're always talking about balance, you know, right, right, balance weapons, balance between mechs, but we can't really talk about balance yet because the base system, that foundation is flawed right now. And it is uh, it basically has another new, the skill tree, but it's the var variables, the skill tree effects. It's that acceleration boost, a Timberwolf getting 45% acceleration compared to a, an Orion that gets 45% acceleration is not equal. Because the, the Orion cannot take an XL395 or whatever it is on the Timberwolf, ever, ever. And so automatically, the Timberwolf's getting bonus. Not only that, the Timberwolf has an XL engine that is half the tonnage and better. And then on top of that, Indo and Pharaoh of the Timberwolf, that's only 14 critical slots compared to the 28 it would take on the Orion. It just, I guess that's what I'm saying is you cannot balance weapons across the board. You can't balance mechs until that foundation is fixed. And so I guess that's my counter to, is time to kill too low? I do. I think it is. I think it's been way too low. And I think it needs to be, or the bar be raised. But that doesn't mean uh, you can't, you know, do, be punished, I guess, for making stupid behaviors. Like, that, that doesn't mean that at all. So it's not like you're giving this, uh, you know, 
a freebie to, you know, stupid mistakes or whatever, like, oh, well, you know, you run out low and you're not going to get wrecked. It, it has nothing to do with that. It's just the fact of right now, the game, every mechs, the, the generous, the fire starters, everything revolves around that base system, basically making them better than anything below them because of that foundation. Yeah, I won't disagree that these these mechs are not in line and that they do have inherent advantages, just they always have. Uh, and I'm fine with them being brought down. That's okay. But I, I'm still fine with this current speed of the game. And yes, time to kill at some levels is probably too low. Uh, but it would be nice to incentivize or to, I don't know, through tutorials or something, teach people how exactly to defend themselves as well. Because you said that as skill level goes up, time to kill goes down. It's, well, time to kill your opponents goes down, and your time to kill actually will go up. Because you know how to defend yourself, how to move from cover to cover. Exactly, uh, well, where where the enemy's going to be coming from, you learn to to compensate for the enemy's cooldown timer so you can shield right before their cooldowns are up. So you get tougher to kill as your skill goes up, and you get better at killing people as your skill gets up. So I would like more people to understand that defense in MechWare Online is almost or as important as offense. I, I agree. I think but... there's, there's a skills that can be learned that can help. But if, if this is the design uh, direction that PGI wants to take, that'll be fine too. You were correct when you say that competitive players will adapt no matter what. But uh, I'll just keep saying that the lethality is not a problem for me specifically. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying is obviously this is our opinion. This is my opinion. That's your opinion. And and it's one of those things where I just look at it from everything you just said wouldn't really change if that baseline, you know, foundation got fixed and every mech was treated in, in, in a unique space too. And we're also always talking about like weapon quirks and, and look at uh, this latest quirk pass where the, some of the clan mechs got substantial structure and even armor buffs. And people just quaffed at them like it was nothing because, you know, they're so used to just weapons, weapons, weapons. And they don't realize, like, some of those quirks are actually pretty damn important. Um, but, uh, you know, time to kill obviously has to be attacked from a few different angles. Have to be, has to be attacked from that foundation, those variables, has to be attacked from weapons, balance themselves. And then obviously individual mechs, uh, you know, whether it's weapon quirks, structure, armor, movement. And to me, I actually like the fact of the clan, for the most part, clan mechs are getting more mobility, structure, and armor buffs, and a little bit, and little percentage, you know, weapon values. And I think that's a good way to approach. Now, could you do that with the IS mechs? I would have to say yes, but you'd have to give the IS mechs significantly more structure and armor bonuses, and I mean to offset the difference. I mean because let's be real here, but um, I just feel like that foundation has to be fixed, and then it has to be set on a per mech, uh, you know, basis. I think we're kind of touching on two different threads here, two different topics, sort of. I mean, definitely balance and maneuverability in the quirks will matter and, and have an effect on time to kill. But what do you guys think of kind of the abstract idea of just slowing mechs down and feeling, you know, somewhat, I guess it would be more heading towards simula simulator, less towards arcade or whatever, if you're looking at other games and how they perform. Is that something that you guys would be uh, positive about or would you not like to see it slowed down? I guess the question would be, can we, can we sort of rephrase that? Do you feel like you're a hundred ton or a 75 ton mm -hmm. war machine? I, well, I, world of warships. Do you feel like you're a six, you know, whatever, <laughs> fuck yeah, 60, you do. Ton. But even, even though you feel, you know, it's sped up, right? I mean, well, yeah, I, I understand the, the speed of it and stuff. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is uh, that is one of the things that, you know, caters to, fast movement play i mean sort of what you're talking about tyler sure. is is sort of that twitch sort of cod sort of you know every action every reflex has to be you know spot on sort of you know um things are going on but for the most part um i i do i i want the game to slow down i don't i don't feel but i think there's a few things here i think that's the actual mech statistics right behind the scenes numbers uh pointed to it but i also feel like there's other things sounds right? That the audio of the game is really important. The uh, visual 
fidelity uh, you know do you feel does it sound like you're you know moving to uh you know slower or faster or whatever blah, blah, blah. and i feel like those things uh, are really important as well i i have no problem with how fast the mechs move um as far as speed um and stuff like that my biggest problem is like when i'm in an atlas or something like that is still with your tor- torso twisting and stuff like that i feel like it should take longer but because it's tied into the engine still uh, I feel like that's the biggest hindrance for me, or at least personally. Um, I have no problem with mechs going faster and stuff like that because that that was in the lore. Some mechs were customized to go faster or whatnot. But for me, the biggest thing that makes a 100-ton mech feel like a 100 ton tank type of thing is how fast it can rotate and stuff like that. But when you put the biggest engine in it and stuff like that, it just doesn't, because it's correlated, it just doesn't feel proper. Isn't that one of the issues that we've talked about in the, the past, which is what is the, for the most part, lights, you always take the max XL, right? That's pretty much the go-to. There, there's a few exceptions, but, and then what happens, uh, that now 35-ton or fire starter with max now is more agile than a 20-ton locust because the locust is, can only take a, um, a 190 so again, yeah, I totally agree. I, I feel like, again, that's sort of what I'm talking about. Slowing everything down is that, and, and it's different aspects. It's not just the mech speed. It's torso twist speed, yaw speed, pitch, XL, DXL, reverse, right? Uh, speed tweak, stuff like that. Um, you know, the Timberwolf gets an extra three KPH on top of it. Uh, out of all the, the, the things that are, are imbalanced as far as the clan versus IS, and then on top of that, all these mechs are getting extra KPH. And here's the thing is, uh, you know, that that 10% KP or boost or whatever is different depending on the engine you have and some of the light mechs, i.e. that's why, you know, if you're slow, you're usually dead in a light mech. But yeah, I, I guess that's the question. I mean, do you guys feel like you're a war machine mm-hmm. or do you just more feel like you're some just, you know, little mech running around and, you you, you know, like... I feel like it's a war machine, but I feel like it could use some fine-tuning. Like, I feel in all the ways that you said, maybe scale, um, audio, uh, some further tweaking and, and, and fine-tuning the, the torso twisting and all the maneuverability aspects, I feel like it could be made to feel more like a big lumbering war machine. I would like to, I would like to see it move to being a little bit slower. Not necessarily significantly, because I understand that I think sometimes my preferences are not uh, the most popular. And I feel like right now people are really into fast moving stuff uh, as far as games go. So minor yeah. tweaks. I'm not big on the, I'm not big on the big stompy robots kind of deal. I don't want the game to be moving so slow that you feel like G man's description of the standard 60 Viega, uh, urban Mac. Uh, but I think, yes, for scale, that would be nice. Uh, every once in a while, I'm reminded by it when you're, I don't know, when you hit override or something and your pilot hits a button in his cockpit to override. Uh, I think more interaction between pilot and mech would help with the scaling as well. And I, some kind of way to look at your mech outside of combat as your pilot would be great, like a, in a Sar- Sarsis and like the hangar mode. Like people have been asking for that forever. So. That, I think that would help a lot for the sense of scale, for you to actually look up at your atlas and just see the scale, see that you're only up to its ankle in height. Things like that would be nice, but I'm not down to make the game slow by any means. And I'm, it's not like I like wanted the game to be like Call of Duty or anything. I've never played Call of Duty, so I don't, or I've not competitively played Call of Duty, so I don't have any preference towards that or anything. But I like the the speed of the mechs. It seems like these mechs, it's it's a realistic thing. These are giant space robots. They could be moving this fast. And I, I don't know. When you think of you engaging that other pilot and the other Timberwolf across 800 meters, it, it feels good. The game, the game feels good to me right now, and I don't want too much to change. Well, what I said is, like, I'm, I'm not talking about slow like what G-Man was talking about. And, again, you have to break it down is... Should a Timberwolf have everything? Should it have speed, armor, firepower, you know, blah, blah, blah. How you balance each mech has to be in those things. You have to balance, okay, well, you know, it's a little bit too good, but we really don't want to screw with the weapons. So we're going to, I don't know, reduce its uh, torso yaw by 
you know, 3% here or whatever. I, that's what I'm getting at is you have to balance based on those variables. But before you can even do that, you have to fix the base system. You have to fix the foundation. You have to fix it so that each mech is, is uh, you know, being hit like at their base values before you uh, basic them, before you elite them. And so I, I guess that's what I'm getting at is I'm not saying you just make everything stupid slow. Like, <laughs> you know, no, I don't want that either. And then it shouldn't be that just three or four mechs are the top dogs. And that's what's happening. It's because this whole entire foundation caters towards those mechs. I mean, it just it just sort of exacerbates the issue. And it just so happens that uh, most of those are clan mechs, except for, you know, the lights, right? So, um, but uh, yeah, time to kill. I know it's always a big topic and there's so many different, uh, you know, uh, opinions out there. Um, I think time to kill is too low. You think time to kill is just right. You know, other people, and other people say, you know, clans are OP. Other people say IS is OP. Uh, so there's so many different opinions out there. You know what else it's, is a that's big really topic? Tough. What's that? Map design. Speaking of which, nice segue yes. there, old man. Uh, yeah, we had a uh, map design uh, discussion going on by uh, Thad Jancy, I think is how uh, we pronounce his name. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he took the time. Apparently, it had to do with his uh, was it a hockey team losing or something like that. I don't know, something like that. Someone losing sports team. And he made a thorough post and he basically answered a lot of questions or sort of like not even questions. It was like assumptions or like pointing the finger. Making statements. I I love that kind of stuff, man. Armchair developers. But anyway, yeah, let's get into this because there's some interesting uh, revelations, I think. Let me go ahead and link it there for the people. If you haven't read it, make sure to do so. But it's basically, you know, stuff like um do you design the maps to funnel people you know is there that you know those three lanes and why don't you make maps bigger and some of them were like oh you're just taking a pre-built map and just sort of putting your own things on it and it's sort of funny because reading through he's like some of these he's like i have no idea what the heck you're talking about and some of them he's like look you know um some of the older maps river city forest colony they are too small uh, he said, you know, at the time, those were in development before we even had mechs really on play on them. And uh, basically he said, uh, you know, um, at the time they were thinking, oh, these maps are huge. But then, you know, AP8 comes out 12v12 and they're uber small. And he said, that's why you've seen that sort of Caustic Valley termaline size is sort of where he wants the maps to go. But he did say if he had, you know, direction from above to make bigger maps, he would. He basically said think- that wasn't an issue. Yeah, the take home from this is number one, there's no limitations being imposed on him from the CryEngine or anything else other than what they want to accomplish. You know, he works with Russ and he works with Paul. They decide what to do and he does it. And but he's not limited to map size by uh, CryEngine. Um, it's it's design everything that they're designing, which they're saying again. The sweet spot is somewhere between um, what was it? Caustic and Tourmaline. Caustic and Tourmaline. Um, where are they getting that stat from the players, you know? So yes, there's tons of people out there that want to see huge maps like living legends. And he even brought that up. Understandably, there's people that love that kind of stuff, but it's just like what we were just talking about with, uh, slowing down mechs. There's people on both sides and there's the, the consensus essentially in the middle. And the consensus currently is caustic to termaline is the ideal size. I am one of those people that would love to see huge maps. Travel time does not bug me in the least. I play war thunder planes. I play the realistic takes five to 10 minutes before you get to the target and you engage. I don't care that I love that. That's a, that, but that's a personal thing. There's some people that can dig that. I remember living legends and some of those maps, it would take, you know, however many minutes even to, to get where you think the enemy is. And then if you're wrong, it's another five minutes to get to the other side of the map or whatever. There's, there's good and bad in that. And he brought up some of the the design. I mean, just from the being able to, you know, he's talking about living legends and just big maps. He said, we can make a uber simple big map and it wouldn't take very long, but gameplay may not be that very, you know, very good. Then he said, we could dump a lot of time in art assets and make the same map, but it runs like crap because, you know, we, we dump. So to me, my biggest thing is when you look at the maps of there's line of sight issues on some of the maps. River City is a big one. Uh, Forest Col- I love Forest Colony. Uh, I love the pathing on it, right? It, it you, I don't get stuck on stuff. The only thing on that one, I've said this before, is the, the uh, ship out in the, the containers. There should be either no collisions or if I run into them, physics, and I kick them out of the way. It's, it's so frustrating having those things. Uh, look at Bog. 
bog in my I hate that map, but you know, a part of me the whole things I hate is that there's there's just limited pathing and every little thing hooks you up and stuff like that. But he also said, um, you know, it's it's there's reasons for some of that and he went into detail and stuff like that. My biggest thing is I think this was the last time we had the podcast, which is I want the polish and it, it's frustrating. And I have to tell myself to be patient because I know just like how we tell you guys, they're working on community warfare maps right now. So for us, you know, that play uh, group or solo all the time, um, you know, we have to be patient to wait for the, the older maps to be updated, which will happen. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see hopefully a bigger forest colony or a bigger river city, um, but actually, I don't mind some maps being smaller. I actually don't mind. I, I feel like not all maps should be the same. It's just one cookie-cutter thing, right? But, um, you know, because gameplay on Forest Colony, uh, you know, is a lot different than gameplay on Termaline. Um, I actually don't mind that. I just, there are some there are some things that need touched up, of course. Yeah, I think everything's going to be polished and and all the things we're going to we want are going to be addressed eventually the thing that he also points out though is that they're a company and they have you know basically a a a way of a process of doing things and they're limited to the number of people that are working on things and um you know things are decided up the upper level and not always the people that are doing the artwork or the whatever get to make the choices they're doing what they're told you know it's just common sense type stuff and i think a lot of people what i got a lot from this is that people make some wild assumptions as if they absolutely know what's going on and it's nice sometimes for somebody like that to come out and say well this is the reality um and makes it a little bit more understandable again i I would love to see maps you know (laughs) way bigger than alpine but uh not always going to get what i want i'd like to see more stuff like this um as possible different parts like not just the map design but like other the modeling the way things work yeah, yeah just the way things work just so people get an idea of what actually goes on behind the scenes get some reality sprinkled onto our fantasy I'd like to, on the subject of what Darren brought up, he doesn't mind travel time. I don't mind the travel time either. And I would like to see even some Living uh, Legends-sized maps or a different game mode that just takes huge maps into account so that maneuvering and such plays an even larger role. So right now in 12v12, the maps that we have, maneuvering is not really that important if you've got adequate scouting. yeah, I would just like to see bigger maps even. So the scouting role would play such a huge part like that to me just make just make two uh, eventually two or three just huge maps uh MWLL yeah. style and and, make and a different game mode. Yeah, and just scouting would be so awesome then, you know, like it would well, be a total fleshed out role. Well, we we do have to talk about some of the big maps we have right now. Termaline, it's big per se, but quote unquote big. Yeah, yeah and Alpine, MW, but MW. I guess what I'm saying is the death ball that that's but the death ball and maps let's let's be honest here the map and the gameplay that happens is also based on the the current balance of the mechs as well because i mean if time to kill is low which it is right now compared to what it's been in the past um there's no point in spreading out when it's just one game mode and in reality yes you can be capped it does happen every once in a while uh, but for the most part, it is deathmatch on all of the match. It's it's destroy the enemy mechs. There's really no point in the cap. Or if you do cap, you you hit two of them and you don't really worry about the others um, until you know later on to where you know. But I guess that's the thing is like just because you add throw in a big map doesn't necessarily mean the majority of that map is used. It uh, you know um, it's it's just one of those things where balance of the game also comes into play of how the gameplay is affected. On the maps. Wouldn't want it to just be skirmish. So it needs to be game modes, uh, or sorry, objectives all over the map that incentivize breaking up the team. Or even, I would even be fine with just some uh, AI commander basically telling my lands of just four mechs to go accomplish an objective. And if I don't head in that direction, everything else is out of bounds. And then you fight there, whoever wins picks up the scraps of their mechs and moves on to the next objective. I, I would even be fine with corridors like that. And then eventually you meet up and join for a big battle. E- even with respawns, like community warfare style respawns. Just something to, to split it up, move the action around, use all the parts of the map. That would be great to me. That would, And even add in uh, other AI stuff, tanks, infantry. That would be 
what I want out of like Amen, brother. That's what I want for community warfare. <laughs> yeah, now Phil, what was the name of the Living Legends map that was like the moonscape with the asteroids hitting the ground and it was huge and uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. It had so, it had a really cool dynamic system yeah, like, of because you did have to split up you did have to move around and separate you couldn't do the death ball and i'm just trying to remember the game modes that made well, that possible. no the death ball was still a thing back then but because of respawn you'd have people at different points coming right, back right, to the respawn. battle and stuff like that yeah. the the thing with um you know game modes is you know again it has to it has to do something different i mean right now capture the base which is basically assault and and conquest they're you know obviously uh the maps right now don't cater towards that when the turrets are giving away position that's actually hold up here by the way um i know we've got uh, mike in there we need to fix the ecm being seen through by turrets it is so broken right now um and that fix the turrets mike but don't (laughs) segue too much off of our topic but i guess i guess what i'm getting at is it needs to be something different and it needs to incentivize breaking up. And it could be something like what you said, Tyler, or it could even be where you do want to send your lights and mediums off to go cap these little sub caps, but they're not just cap points. They add, you know, mo- mobile or, or ar- artillery turrets or something that just sort of bombard areas or, or something uh, you get reinforcements or something. It has to be more than just cap the base and you win. Um, you know, sort of thing, or maybe it is, and that incentivizes you know smaller warfare. But again, sort of death ball syndrome. Even if it goes down to just smaller death ball, it's still death ball, and is that what you want? So, lots of things. But uh, anyways, it was a cool read uh, to go through it. Um, I, I definitely uh, got a little bit better insight how the maps are made. But like I said, I'm ready for polish to happen to you know the, those maps, and it's it is frustrating as a player, but I also have to be patient you know, knowing that it will happen. It just isn't happening right now the second when I want it, which is, you know. And thank you, Thad, for taking the time to do that. And we hope to see other people that are in the creative process kind of do the same thing. It would be really cool, I think, to provide more insights for people. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to the quick mentions. We've got the Major League MechWarrior MLMW starts April 20th. We've got over 20 uh, units participating right now, and price pool is almost a 4,000. And again, if you haven't checked out uh, that, uh, I do believe Homeless Bill is heading all that up. Uh, They do take donations if you want to help sort of uh, get that prize package and pull up. And the cool thing is uh, PGI is helping support that as well. Um, and it's got different packages for even people that don't necessarily win uh, as well. So you can check out all that info. And I actually think that's really important. And that's it's one of the things I, I, I told Bill, we had a conversation about it, which was, hey, you know, prizes for, you know, the runner ups and the smaller peeps that maybe just want to get their feet wet, but they realize they're not going to win. It's cool if you help support them and boom, um, he did it. So kudos. And Bill. I think the winning team right now is is on they're going to win like 1200 bucks, 1300 bucks, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's something team. like that. Huge prize pool. So it's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, there's also been some questions out there regarding the dev vlog. Um, so we're just letting everybody know that there is a new dev vlog that's in the works. Um, however, it is going to focus on the devs and their jobs, similar to what, um, you know, we were talking about with that kind of a uh, peek behind the scenes at what devs are doing in their roles. Uh, the weekend update has basically become the news outlet and providing sneak peeks. So that won't be the vlog. And also town hall meetings are really where Russ will provide insights into the current and future game development. Again, not really a thing for the vlog. So that's where it stands right now. New vlog in the works. You guys should uh, expect to see something on that soon. And then speaking of the town hall, we are in obviously contact with Russ. Um, He wants to lock it down relatively soon. But he is, you know, they've got to knock out a few things behind the scenes before he'll lock down a, a town hall date. But uh, if you ha- next week. yeah, if you haven't been to a town hall, it is a good way to get your you know answers done and uh, and answered and, and stuff like that. And obviously, if he has any big news, you know, that's usually the time he drops it and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so definitely a good patch. I would say lots of stuff to. Um, oh, another shit, big one. We totally missed this. Uh-oh. The jump, the jump jet fix. Oh yeah, jump to the Timberwolf and Victor and stuff have you checked that out tyler i've not gotten in one and seen it for myself or done any experimentation with it but i fighting them yesterday i did notice that they weren't nearly as warpy which is great 
Hermagrad. Hold on one second. I, it, we've got to show you this. It, it's it's uh, go check the patch overview. Uh, if if someone wants it, it's like minute. So I don't know what it's, it's in there, and yeah, it's substantial. Um, no more pop tart, uh, bunny hop, and Timberwolf. Now, I, I um, just to confirm, uh, they are going to be focusing on some of the other mechs as well. It's these were just sort of like the first five, sort of like I guess the worst offenders, if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, made sure to pass on all that information. So that happened. I totally forgot what else in the patch. Um, uh, I feel like we're missing something. Anyways, it was a good patch. Lots of little things. And uh, I think a lot of people were surprised to the amount of actual stuff that was in it. Um, and uh, yeah, so anyways, guys, just want to say thank you again for hanging out. Our live audience. Sorry, Twitch. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. Oh, hey. It died. Uh, yeah, also let's mention, let's see, what's happening with product right now? Oh, are you talking about the uh, Shadow Cat uh, well, t-shirts? Yeah. They're still up for pre-order? Yeah, Shadowcat those. t-shirts are up for pre-order for two more days. So Friday's the last day on that. So if you want to be guaranteed your color and size, you got to order that now. But also, we're working on our next product. Ooh, do we want to drop it on them? Yeah, let's drop it on them. All right, well, pint glasses. We're doing uh, beer, beer or whatever you want to whatever use you want them. To put it in. Yeah, whatever. But uh, we're doing pint glasses. Uh, so we're going to be putting those up relatively soon for you guys. Um, and I also <laughs> dared, we've been getting harassed to do an Urban Mech shirt. So yes, we will do one. We'll we, probably do the urban hookah, but we'll discuss it. No, a lot of people didn't want the urban hookah. A lot of uh, people do. I know, but that's... We'll discuss it. But anyway, that's we'll that's, that's on the horizon as well as uh, I've got a shot glass inside as well. So probably see a shot glass at some point within the next month or two. The Herbie. The Herbie. Anyways, guys, just want to say thank you to all of our staff and community members behind the scenes. A big thank you to our new listeners and, of course, our sponsors. Uh, sponsors on our forum and sponsors on Twitch.tv. I just want to say thank you for your support. Um, we Our next goal is 100 uh, sponsors, or I should say subscribers on Twitch, um, allows us for two more emoticons. And we had those uh, winners. Uh, I think it was KeyCat and Von Kickass. Yeah, KeyCat and Von Kickass won. Uh, they added the NGNG mug and the NGNG, uh, the boom uh, with the Jaeger. So just shout out to those guys too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you and have a great week, guys. If I don't get to hang out with you, and of course, Tyler, you know, don't stay up too late playing <laughs> in that magical goal. Go for of, 1500 damage. Yeah, 15, 15, <laughs> 15 or, you know, 15 or. How close did you bust. get? 965. Oh, you must have been so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. And this is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catcher Kill. This is Tyler. Until next time, MechWarriors. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube at No Guts, No Galaxy TV, on Twitch at NGNG TV, on Facebook at No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast, on Twitter at No Guts, No Galaxy, on iTunes at No Guts, No Galaxy, or via your favorite podcatcher with the RSS feed at feeds.feedburner.com forward slash NGNG. Best if you avoid me But I know you probably can't You sense something is wrong with me You can feel it on my skin But there is more with it Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever